0: Welcome to the Drink Like a Lady podcast, where every Wednesday we provide merging female leaders with information on how to get a seat at the bar and how to get a seat in the boardroom. In season two of Drink Like a Lady, we've been talking about the power of mindset. And particularly in episode nine today, we're going to not only be talking about the power of mindset, but how important mindset is when we are talking about... Hi, Jean. How are you? I see that you've just joined. We are talking about the power of mindset and how it relates to negotiation. So I'm just waiting for my partner in crime who joins me every week on this podcast, Kathy DeCherico who is a business strategist, and we are gonna be talking about the six ways that you can come to the table and be a better negotiator. Now, one of the things that we wanna talk about as I'm waiting for Kathy to join me is that women traditionally, before they join the workforce, one of the things, one of the pieces of, one of the quivers that they had in their, in their, um, one of the arrows they had in their quiver was likability, right? That was the only asset that women really had. And as we entered the workforce and we realized that, well, there are other factors that need to play into our warmth and into our competence, um, that likability necessarily go away. And we're going to talk, Kathy and I are going to talk about the fact that that likability factor often dings our ability to go into a negotiation and speak with confidence. Hi, Kathy, how are you? Hi, Joya. Welcome to Wednesday. I match your walls, I see. That's beautiful.
1: (laughs) Thank you. Come on over.
0: (laughs) I was just starting to say that part of the reason that women avoid negotiating is our likability factor. Uh, For for many, many years before we entered the workforce, likability was one of the only things that we had before we started being judged by other metrics. So I wondered if you had some thoughts on that. No,
1: I think that's really, really key. I think it's also part of the femininity of what we bring to, um, to society, to our families and to ourselves. Um, to get rid of that, though, is really hard. So you've got to sort of own it and understand how to manage that.
0: So if likability isn't one of the metrics that we necessarily need to be worried about anymore, what are we worried about when it comes to negotiation?
1: What we're worried about is whether or not um, we are fitting in. That goes back to the likability. Um, it also has to do with whether or not um, we're, we're being perceived as too aggressive. And we hear that a lot, that women, you know, if you're being direct, you're now aggressive, where men, is being, the men are being creative, uh, not creative, okay. competitive. Um, they're creative in their competitiveness. Um, so it's really important to really become so self-aware when you go into a negotiation. And we're going to talk a lot about that, even some of the stumbling blocks that both you and I have had along the way.
0: So for those of you that are just joining us, myself and Kathy every week host the Drink Like a Lady podcast, where we are teaching women not only to get a seat at the bar, but also to get a seat in the boardroom. And in episode nine, we are talking about the power of negotiation and the mindset that you need to be a better negotiator. But before we launch into our six tips today, Kathy, we talked about one reason why women don't like to negotiate. And that's because we don't like to ding our likability factor. But what's the other reason we don't like to negotiate
1: we don't like to negotiate because we um we want to fit in um and also it it seems like it's too Mm self-centered you know when we start to negotiate it's about the point of you know are is someone going to look at us and say are we self-centered um and not understand we have choices that's really really
0: important and it's also seen as a chore, right? Like there's language for oh, yes. schools. There's things that you need at your fingertips in order to be able to be a fierce negotiator. I will be the first to say I've always been the worst negotiator in the world. And I have really had to learn as I've gotten to, you know, be a woman in business, own my own business, that there are going to be people that want to negotiate my products and services. And I need to have language tucked away in my back pocket and ready to counter
1: you know, when we're going to get to it at the end, but one of the things is I've always been great at negotiating for others. But when it came to me, whether it had to do with my feeling, well, I don't deserve this or they're going to think that, you know, um, you know, I'm trying to take something over on them. So what, what we're going to learn by the end of this um, podcast is we're going to learn how you can actually pivot on that and create a new mindset when you walk into that uh, negotiating Absolutely. Um,
0: environment. All right, so let's get into tip number one. Tip number one for really having that mindset, that shark mindset to go yes. in and negotiate, is to prepare fully. And what does that actually mean? Well, in my world, I wanna know what that seat commands in terms of salary. So you can go on a site called Fairy Godboss. you can go on a site called Glassdoor, but see what your seat commands in the marketplace right now. That is a huge way to go unprepared. And if you're already in
1: a position um, within a company, it's really, really important to talk about, you know, what's going on and what you've already created value for the company. Always remember, you, how are you creating value and what that looks like and put a dollar amount to it. Make sure it's quantifiable as well.
0: Yeah, we had, I had an, a speaker this morning, and one of the things that she wanted was a promotion. And she was like, How do I even ask for that in this environment? And I, I came back with, Well, you gotta have three bullet points, right? Here are three facts about the value that I have added to this organization and give it a timeline, right? Maybe in the last quarter, in the last three quarters, year over year, I was able to bring this many stakeholders to the table. I was able to bring in this many projects that brought in this much revenue. Have those bullet points handy, especially if you're talking to a room full of men. (laughs) And especially,
1: absolutely. And if you can somehow quantify something, Men like numbers, they are, their, their head is about numbers. How much percentage over and above? Um, how quickly did you do it? All of those factors are really key. Um, it, it makes you have a lot of credibility in your negotiations.
0: So, Mira's just joined us. Navina's just joined us. Bhavani's just joined us. Ladies, if you have some questions, please throw them my way, and um, th- sh- please throw them Kathy's way. We are hosting the weekly Drink Like a Lady podcast, where we're teaching women, emerging female leaders, anyway, how to get a seat at the bar and how to get a seat at the boardroom. And today we are talking about the power of mindset when you're negotiating. So point number 1 and tip to be a better negotiated negotiator is to make sure that you are prepared fully and come to the table armed with all the information about what your seek commands in terms of salary and the bullet points to back up why you deserve that particular job. The second one is to cultivate positive emotions. And Kathy, I'm gonna let you expound on this before I add my thoughts. Okay, great. One of the things that when you feel good, whether it's an emotion, a
1: positive emotion, you've had a success, when you feel good and you're going into that negotiation, what that does is it actually elevates the chemical responses in your own body. So. Talk about your own story, your wins, or actually, you know, if you need to speak to someone prior to the negotiation, that's positive that they can help you do that as well. Uh, I've always found that when I negotiated and I had heavy negotiation, I preferred not to speak to anybody because all of a sudden they might say, Oh, maybe you missed this. Maybe you missed that. Be prepared. Like I said before fully, but then absolutely focus and concentrate on where you're going with it.
0: Olympic athletes will often visualize again and again and again the moves that they need to make in order to win, in order to get the gold medal. And so your brain doesn't actually see the difference between when you're physically actually doing the activity or if you're running through it in your mind. So if you are able to cultivate those positive emotions, really visualize how you want the negotiation to go, that can be an amazing way to go into a negotiation mindset. I also believe in storytelling. So rather than tick off the five ways or the five last jobs that you had on your resume, can you tell three stories about three wins that you've had that really demonstrate the acumen and, and what you bring to the table in the way of skill sets?
1: You know Joy, you, what you brought up was the number three. I want to talk about the number three in everything you do. Number three makes it easy. It's three key points Very easy for somebody to remember. You start going into anything over four, whatever, people are like, oh, wait a minute, I forgot the first one. So sticking to the number
0: three is really uh, excellent uh, guidance. We welcome anybody who has questions to please put them in the little chat function down below. We are taking questions today, but we are talking about the power of mindset and what it takes to be a fierce negotiator. So number one is to prepare fully. Number two is to make sure that you cultivate positive emotions and tell stories about your wins. And number three, Kathy, is to boost your emotional intelligence. What do you mean by that?
1: Well, you know, emotionally, we have to understand where we, where we sit within, where we are going into a negotiations. So feeling good about yourself, um, understanding the nonverbal cues uh, is very important. One of the things I learned very early on is if you're in an uncomfortable situation, you're, it's a, all you have to do is just recross your legs. What that does is physiologically, it changes the way you feel, and then it helps you create the, the type of um, emotional balance that you need.
0: I remember interviewing somebody about body language, and actually Ria Shivnani is asking a question about this, but make sure you look sometimes at people's feet if they're interviewing you. If their feet are not pointed at you, it means that they're trying to exit the conversation. So what can you do to reel them back in? Same thing when you're in a networking situation, but of course today we're talking about negotiation. Ria Shivnani asks, when you prepare a certain visual and you keep preparing that way, doesn't it throw you off if something else happens? And I would actually counter to that. um, It's what you're really talking about when you say to channel positive emotions is is energy. What kind of energy are you walking into the space with, right? Because your nonverbal cues, and I actually read this this week in Fast Company, your nonverbal cues and what your facial expressions are, what they're conveying can sometimes be 12 and a half times more powerful More powerful than anything that's actually coming out of your mouth. So if you can really visualize some of those positive emotions, it's not a bunch of woo-woo stuff. It's really about the energy with which you're going to be showing up and what you're going to be bringing into that negotiation setting.
1: And then the positive emotions actually is reflected through how you look, whether you're smiling, how you hold your body, all of that. It's like taking a look at the entire package.
0: So number one to being a better negotiator and being in the right mindset to be a great negotiator is to prepare fully. Make sure you know what your seat commands in the way of salary. Number two is to cultivate positive emotions. Really visualize yourself succeeding in this negotiation setting. Number three is emotional intelligence. Watch the verbal cues. Watch the nonverbal cues. And number four is negotiating communally. Kathy, can you talk about what that means? Oh, this
1: is the one that I talked about where I I tripped up. You know, you reframe the negotiation so that it's not all about you. And this is uh, my whole my whole career up until about, I'm going to say, 10, maybe 15 years ago. You know, I couldn't negotiate for me that well. Oh, OK, I'll take that. Oh, OK. And um, now you can accelerate that by sitting here and saying, when you're thinking about this, going into the negotiation, you look as though you're negotiating for a bunch of people, whether it's women, um, et cetera. But you're actually negotiating for yourself. So that's really important. Once again, it's just a shift of the words. It's a shift of the mindset, and so much more can happen for you.
0: Rhea asks a follow-up question. She says, how do you know that a negotiation has reached its peak, and when do you know that you haven't essentially broken the deal? Ah, that's, that's very key.
1: If someone's distracted, they're taking phone calls, um, if they're shuffling their papers, the point is also for you to try to keep them interested you know, um, in terms of what you're saying their value. And that has happened very often where, you know, for some reason they're just their head isn't there, etc. You may, when they finish up, you might want to say, you know, maybe perhaps we need to get back when there's a better time for you to sit and
0: negotiate on this. You know, this week I actually had somebody who was negotiating my public speaking one-on-one coaching. And so, Rhea, I'm going to share, you know, this this example. We went back and forth on the costs. We went back and forth on what I was offering in those six sessions. And when she came back one more time to negotiate option C, which was not even part of the package, I had to go back and not be afraid to say, I'm sorry, this is the cost this is what I'm offering. Ultimately, I didn't actually say anything different than our second exchange, but you can't be afraid to go back and say the same thing again. Ultimately, I didn't hear back from her, but it's been three days. You never know. People might just feel like they need to sit on it, marinate on it. I I haven't written her off, but I do believe that I had to stand my ground. And I also needed to not want it that badly. You know, where you lose in a negotiation is when you want it more than the other party. So you have to be able to go in with that energy where you're going to stand your ground and say, this is my value, this is what I'm worth, and I'm willing to walk away. And
1: what's interesting in that regard, one of the things we used to do, and and I've done is I've had someone else negotiate for me mm-hmm. all right because what happens is they once again it goes back to the idea of negotiating commun- communally you become more objective it doesn't become an emotional trigger it doesn't like oh wait wait a minute let me tell you about how much this cost and I'm not that you did it wrong it sounds like you did it appropriately you know let me let's let me just go back and discuss you know the cost factors on this and what it looks like and what your value is so someone more objectively um, can do it for you and um, you know it's one of the things i've used in the past
0: ria um she's saying thank you she said you know i love that you're saying that we should know our value this really goes back to point number one you should really know what that seat that you are negotiating for, that product or service, what the value is in the market. And the only way you can do that is by asking other people, getting that level of transparency and checking on websites to see what that seat commands in the marketplace. You've also got to be able to come to the table with enough bullet points as to why you are of value, right? And we said that three bullet points to support why you deserve this or you don't deserve that are very, very important for you to come to the table, but make sure you're prepared with that. So for those of you that are just joining us, Bile has just joined us, Akilesh has just joined us. We're talking about the mindset that you need to be a better negotiator. And number one is to prepare fully. Number two is to really visualize and cultivate positive emotions. The energy with which you go into the negotiation is important. Number three is really boost your emotional awareness and watch the body language of both yourself and the other party, which is important. Okay. Number four, negotiating communally, Kathy, which is something that you need to do not only for yourself, but for women in, in general. And then number five is to negotiate a package. We've got another question coming in from Navina, but I want to touch on this point first.
1: So, you know, women are very excited to be invited and sit down at the table of, of a negotiation. But what happens is they get, they, they get very focused on one part of it and they say, well, my salary, my salary, my salary. But what's more interesting, especially with what goes on in some of these companies, there are some other components to a package that may actually work out for you. So mm-hmm. knowing what your own... Um, interest is in terms of what you need. And, and then your um, outside interest out of, out of the, um, the scope of the job is important so that there may be, um, I call them sliders. They slide up and maybe a little less salary. One of the things I always sort of did at the end of, more uh, at the end of my career, which I'm in, is I, I negotiate higher on the bonus because I knew how well I could perform under certain conditions. Right.
0: And when you come to the negotiation, of course, you have sort of like the thing that you want out of the gate, right? Maybe it's a certain salary number. But if you don't necessarily get that number, and maybe you get something that's a shade lighter, lower than that, what else can you ask for? Could it be continuing education and a budget for that? Could it be for personal development? Could it be more weeks off? Could it be flex time to do different things? Could it be a sabbatical that you can go on sabbatical and go learn something? You know, like what else can you have prepared and tucked away in your back pocket? that if you don't get the number you want, these are the other things that I would like to negotiate for.
1: And, you know, especially if you're relocating and all of that other things, there's lots of things that you can slip in there. You know, relocation, um, they'll pay you a package. Well, then I want you to pay for four months of um, an apartment while I'm looking, et cetera. So those things, they're offered, to a lot of uh, individuals. My son-in-law is now looking for a place and to look relocated. The way he, he looks at it is so positive in terms of, well, here's the package. What does it look like, you know, the timeline, et cetera. So you can learn also by just listening to how men may have negotiated um, a package rather than just the salary component.
0: Alison Tafel-Rabinowitz was a speaker on negotiation at Lady Drinks um, twice now. And one of the things that I love that she says that when that salary paper, when that what that salary offer paper gets slid across the desk and you look at it for the first time, women immediately say, thank you. Yep. Not say thank you. The first things out of your mouth should be, according to Alison, is this is a great place to start.
1: Beautiful.
0: And if you still feel like you are not in a place where you have the words to counter, you know, say, you know what, give me a minute. I just want to get my notes together, even if you didn't actually take notes. But take that moment to leverage the pause and really get your thoughts together on what you're going to say next. Um, Navina Chabria is asking a question. How do you negotiate effectively when you don't have the healthiest of relationships with a superior or your boss? What do you have to say to that, Kathy? Well,
1: that's that's a great question. That word, in, in itself, will bring you anxiety. I've been there. I'm sure we all have been there. But here's what I'm going to say. Uh, once again, you've got to get uh, balance yourself internally, emotionally, because the emotions will really trigger you to, to second-guess your, guess yourself. Um, the other thing is, if there is someone who has a great relationship with your boss, I would go and sit with them first, and I talk about, th- and make sure you have a good relationship with them as well, and say, how, how do you get in the negotiation process? How are you creating the relationship that's making it work for you? Get some insights on that, um, those tools from someone who has a great relationship first. And once again, go back through the points we're talking about. One of them is always be prepared. What if, you know, if they're looking about uh, to negotiate a new position, but they want you to move, you know, are you willing to move? Don't just go in saying, well, you know, I'm not going to move. So that's not really a negotiation when you know that person
0: might already
1: have something set in their mind.
0: Right. It's more like a plaintiff, right? There's no way yeah. to go with that. Exactly. Um, Naveena, one thing that I would share that I've learned from all the speakers that I've interviewed over the years is can you think about a way that you can make your boss look good? Or can That's you do great. something to make your boss's life easier? It's something my grandmother actually used to say. You have to look beyond what people say they want And anticipate what they need and they are going to just sit up and notice you so much more when you're able to do that kind of future casting with a boss that you may or may not have a great relationship with me personally I would go in at a regular cadence and make sure I had an opportunity to share what it is that I have done well in the last quarter or in the last month and whether or not they want to hear it I would want to make sure that I had that check-in to just say Pat me on the back because this is what I did this, this, this quarter.
1: What, those are really great insights. I think, you know, you had a very wise um, family to back you and, and, and uh, it's a good uh, tool. I think we all go in thinking at the end that we're going to make someone look good. But the fact that you actually say it yeah. um, reinforces the belief that you have right up
0: front. And for those of you that are listening, there's a great book on this. One of the ladies that I'd interviewed at Lady Drinks many years ago, her name is Fran Hauser, and she wrote a book called The Myth of the Nice Girl. So you want to talk about likability? You know, she's ta- she really gives you a lot of tools and language that you can use to be nice, but you can still you know create boundaries and get the things that you want, especially if you're in a negotiation. Excellent. All right, so to recap, for those of you that are just joining us today on the Drink Like a Lady podcast, we're talking about the six ways to be in the mindset of a great negotiator. And number one was to prepare fully. Number two is to cultivate positive emotions. Really be mindful of the energy with which you're walking in. How can you cultivate that before you even hearken the door? Number three is to boost emotional intelligence. Watch the verbal cues. Watch the nonverbal cues, because nonverbal cues actually can convey 12 times more powerfully than anything that comes out of your mouth. Number Number four is to negotiate communally, Kathy, and you say reframe the negotiation as if you're negotiating on behalf of a group or individuals. And number five is to negotiate a package. If you don't necessarily get what you want right out of the gate, have some of the backup items that you would like to make sure you get in lieu of maybe the salary or the vacation or whatever it is that you went into the room asking for. But make sure you have a fully formed argument for those backup items. That is so
1: important because if you think about it, I mean, I know that at some point um, I was able to get car allowances. So if I didn't have to cost, have the cost of a car, um, I took it out of what I would bring home, et cetera. So I looked at that as well. So being absolutely fully ready to uh, have a, a lot of different options on the table is important.
0: Before we break, I know you have a negotiation story, and um, it's about this idea of needing and wanting and looking beyond.
1: You know, at some point in your career, you get to a point where you're making money and you're you're putting away and you're investing and, and you you know, it's all working on that level. Um, But then you realize that somehow along the way, what you haven't invested uh, more of is in your family. And I had two children and I worked my whole time with my children. Um, And I wanted more of that time. I wanted to be able to spend more quality time with them. So I, I asked for more time off or flexible time. I actually, a lot of times, took them to, uh, when I was a, vi- a vice president, took them on business meetings. You know, of course, I would double check with the clients. That was fine. And, and both of my kids were great. They would sit there to the side or we'd get in the car and then they'd tell me what they thought I thought I <laughs> should have done better, which was great. So being able to, to be confident that... Um, there's a flexibility. There's a work-life balance that you're asking for. Um, the other thing was, once again, I had said this prior to this, was I knew at certain points in time that my bonus structure was more important to me in terms of what I was able to bring home. And creating a very solid bonus structure was important. Um, not so much, I'm going to say, on the net income of a company. That's something I was, I was taught. Don't do it on the net income or the net profit, you need to do it based on um, the top line because um, that is what you can control.
0: Kathy, we are winding up season Great. two of Drink Like a Lady, how to get a seat in the, at the bar and in the boardroom. So what's happening next episode?
1: What we're going to do next, really, we're going to talk about um, the recap of mindsets. But here's what I want everyone to think about as we go into it. um, What are you looking to negotiate? What is it at this point? It's been a very tough year uh, on many, many levels. What do you want to look at in terms of your personal life, your your business life? And then how can we bring some of that to life when we sit down and do the recap of the season's mindset episodes next week?
0: Kathy, if anybody wants to work with you, how do they get a hold of you?
1: You can email me at Kathy Stuart S-T-U-A-R-T-K-A-T-H-I-E at gmail.com. And my direct number at
0: 609-933-7600. And for me, I'm uh, now building a wait list. The wait list has started for my public speaking master class in January. Wow. So if you would like to join that, you can always email me at info at Hey, Kathy, I'll see you next week. Oh, well, Always a pleasure. Take care. Bye. Bye.